from faith to faith, for it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, I think a lot of people have got turned off to the word of faith and preachers talking about faith because so many people look at it like going on a diet. They do. Nearly every person in this room that's needed to, that's had, you know, excess, at some point in time you've gone on a diet, hadn't you? Just, um, and matter of fact, everybody's on a diet anyway. What you eat is your diet. You knew that, didn't you? So everybody's on a diet, but there's so many of us, like this yours truly, that wants to go on a diet, I want to lose weight. I want to get my stomach back down and get it at least inside my belt, you know, <laughs> instead of hanging over my belt. And and uh, But here's what happens. We get to thinking that, man, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to go on this diet. I'm going to lose all of this weight. And, and if you don't believe it, you'll see commercials. Commercials tell you, man, how you can flatten your belly in seven days. Can I tell you this? Unless your belly is already flat, fat, flat, <laughs> the only way you're going to flatten your belly in seven days is to lay down and let a dump truck roll up on it. Okay? Now, you may get some of it off, but, you know, we set out, well, man, I'm going to lose all this weight. I'm going to, I'm going to start eating this way, and I'm going to eat that way, and I'm going to lose all of this weight. And we get started, and we lose a couple of pounds, and that feels good, and then we... we well, it won't hurt to eat this, and we do that, and the next thing you know, we've not lost any weight, and we give up on that diet. And, oh, that old kind of diet don't work. That don't work. Now, come on, we've said that, hadn't we? That don't, and, and you can buy into a program now, and if it's not worked for you in 60 days, you can get your money back. Yeah, I mean, who can lose with that kind of a thing? But with that, that's the same way. New Year's resolutions are the same thing. We look at the Word of God in faith working for us like people making New Year's resolutions that before January is over with, they done forgot what their resolution was. Well, if, I, if you make a resolution, if you did one, then the next resolution ought to be that you won't forget your first resolution and you'll follow it. But a lot of, to a lot of people, the Word of God and faith is the same way. Oh, I tried that stuff and it don't work. So we'll just go back and find something traditional and dig it out and find out how I can be sick, poor, broke, and a sinner all at the same time. Because, I mean, after all, that's what's going on. But, folks, we've got to understand, just if you want to lose weight, and this is something my doctor told me the other day. He said, if you want to lose weight, don't try to lose it all at one time. He said, change your lifestyle. Change your habits. Change what you're eating. You know, and he said, don't take much change. He said, if you don't lose but two pounds a month, on average, he said, 12 months from now, you're going to be 24 pounds less. And I thought, boy, I'd love to be 24 pounds less. I want to be that next week. Don't you? I want to be that next week. So for us to have faith and understand that faith is going to work, folks, there's got to be a lifestyle change. There's got to be a mental change. There's got to be a spiritual change take place in us. Now, we talked about this a whole lot last week. We're going to look into it a little bit more today. But what happens is 
what we find out in this parable of the seed and the sower in Matthew chapter 13. Did I put that scripture down, Bo? Well, would you put it down? <laughs> Matthew chapter 13 and verse 20. I believe it's where we want to go to. Uh, I meant to put it down and I didn't. Uh, yeah, but he that receives seed into the stony place is the same as he that heareth the word and anon are immediately with joy receiveth it. Next verse, please. I should have told you that to begin with, shouldn't I? I'm sorry. We'll get this thing hooked up sooner or later. We've got to get all these bugs worked out before we start broadcasting live on the Internet, hadn't we? We will. Just bear with us. We've come a long ways, baby. You don't believe that? Ask Brother Richard. You remember. You were there. You were there out in that old building out yonder, and whenever it rained, we'd have to move the chairs around to keep from getting wet because the roof leaked so bad. Yeah, we've come a long ways. Anyhow, let me get back to this. Yet he hath no root in himself, but dureth or endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he's offended. Now, in, in Mark, it says that he falls away. He comes to the point to where he says, this stuff ain't working. And that, that can go back to what Brother Gary was talking to us about, is the reason that whenever we come into situations, we need to learn to count it joy, or we're going to give up after a while. And, it, and it's not easy. But it's doable. It's doable. Let me tell you, folks. If we could get to the understanding... All things are possible implies to every part of our life, not just a little bit. It applies to everything that has to do with our life, regardless of how big or how little it is. You know, you know, one of the things that I've always enjoyed eating over the years is Reese's Buttercups. They're just so magnificently wonderful. As a matter of fact, I invented Reese Buttercups, but I didn't know what to call it. Because whenever I was a kid growing up, we had chocolate gravy a lot at our house. And uh, I'd talk Mom and let me get a couple of spoonfuls of that peanut butter and put it right over in the middle of that chocolate gravy and biscuit and, and stir that up. And it was the best thing, that chocolate and that biscuit together. And the gravy, oh, the peanut butter, just set it off. Well, let me tell you something. You think, I'm thinking, how can I quit eating greasy buttercups? I remember back when I used to smoke many years ago. And I'd make up my mind one day I was going to quit. Going to quit smoking. So I'd throw away all my tobacco, all my cigars, my pipes. I mean everything. I had, I, I, and chewing tobacco. Man, I, I had to have it. And I'd throw it all away. Well, three days later, I'd start buying it all back. I've said a lot of times, if, if, I, if, it had, if tobacco had to been the price then that it is now, I'd have gone broke trying to quit. I mean, I tried. She can tell you. And we had a drawer in the kitchen there, in, in the counter come down, there's a drawer that I kept all my tobacco stuff in. Lighters, lighter fluid, flints, and all of this kind of stuff. They, back in those days, they didn't have a flicky bit kind of thing. You had to had a Zippo. And so anyhow, all of that kept in that drawer. 
And when I quit, whenever I turned that thing loose, I went and put two packs of cigarettes in that drawer on top of all of that other stuff. And it stayed there till we moved out of that house two years later. Right there. Right there. I could have went and got one any time I wanted to. But I got the victory over it. Now, I said that to tell you this. You say, what's that got to do with Reese Buttercups? On our counter in the kitchen, in the dining room, there's all kinds of Reese Buttercups laying there. Just packs of them. Big, thick ones, big, round ones, and thick ones, just there. And to make this thing worse, she even bought some more the other day. But I'm applying this principle all things are possible to him that believes, and I'm here to tell you that this year, this year, I have not had one Reese Buttercup. And today's the 22nd day. I've talked about 22 days without one, Brother Gary. And there they lay. Why? Because I want to make a change in my life, and Reese Buttercups don't help that change. I have to get rid of them. I have to move them out of the way. And, and so... So, you know, you've got, to, you've got to come to the point to where you say, hey, I'm going to hold up under this thing. I know what I need to do. I know what it takes. And I'm going to stay with it. James said, or I mean, Paul said to Timothy, you don't have to put this up because we'll get to it in a few minutes. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, he tells us to fight the good fight of faith. And, you know, we, we talk about in the world there's pacifists that don't want to fight, don't want to raise up a gun. I know a lot of pacifist Christians that don't want to fight. They don't want to get involved in this thing. Folks, the Christian life is not going to heaven on a flowery bed of ease. It's a fight. It's a, it's a walk. It's a struggle. It's something we contend for. But Paul calls it a good fight, and the reason he calls it a good fight is because we win. We win. We don't have to lose. We don't have to be knocked down and put out. We win in this thing. And we need to realize that, that God has given us that. Sure, you're going to go through difficulties. Sure, you're going to go through problems. But you can come out of these things according to the Word of God. You say, well, what if I die? Heaven. <laughs> Heaven. Now, I don't none of you go today. But... Heaven. But we can't just sit around. You know what? If you give up and quit, you're going to die. At some point in time, you're going to die. If you keep standing and fighting unless Jesus comes back, you're going to die. But there'll be a great big difference in the death. One is going to leave here sad and dejected and sorry, but the other is going to leave here shouting the victory. Shouting because we, we made this thing through. Now, he said that when you hear the Word of God, don't treat it like you do a diet that you're going to stay on a couple of weeks, month or so, then you're going to go back to your old habits and, and just lose it all. He said, don't do it like that. But when you make up your mind, and I trust you will today, to apply yourself to the Word of God and to allowing faith to develop in your life so you can move from faith to faith so that you can live by faith, Folks, don't give up on this thing because it don't happen today. Okay? Don't give up on it because it don't happen tomorrow. Keep going. Keep doing it. Keep on. 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 And here's something else about it. There, there's not any of us that's really got radical about this thing of faith yet. 
I hear people all the time that really got radical and applied their self to the Word of God and applied their self to faith and came out of situations, folks, that we wouldn't that the doctors was even said that it's impossible for them to come out of. There's no way that they can. There's no way that they can be any better. But but you got to get radical. Now, if the word is good enough for Sunday, if the word is good enough on Wednesday, then the word of God needs to be good enough every day of our life, every day that we live. Because you see, it's getting in the word. And understanding that word, you know, it's what we talked about last week. And this has a lot to do with it, what we talked about today, this scripture today. Understanding the word of God. Because the more that we apply ourselves to do that, the bigger our faith is going to be and the stronger we're going to be in the Lord. So we need to, we need to apply ourselves to understand. You know what the results of applying yourself to understanding is? Greater faith. But let me tell you something else. It's revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge is a divine knowledge. It's not a sense knowledge. It's not a knowledge you gain through the five physical senses. It's a knowledge you gain as God speaks directly through the Holy Spirit into your life. It's, it's a, it, revelation knowledge is that knowledge of whenever you read the Word of God, you, you've seen it over and over and over and over, and all of a sudden it, it just seemed like some, a truth of that just jumps up and grabs a hold of you. And you've got that. And, and, and you won't let it go, and it won't let you go. Why? Because now then you've got the Word, you've cleaned away the rocks, you, you've plowed up your fallow ground, you've got the rocks out of the way, and that Word then began to get root in your life. Do you know why? Do you know why that people, so many people, have failure in fighting the devil? It's because that they're just using a word that they heard somebody else say to try to fight the devil with. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor of God. And it says that we're to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, we need to understand there that what he's talking, he's talking about the, the spoken word, the revealed Word. The Word that has got real to me. The Word that, that, that I have got a hold of and I'm not ashamed of. And I can speak that Word out in a time of conflict and in a time of trouble. When Satan's coming against me, I can speak that Word to him and help him realize I've got that in my life and it's going to cut him down smaller than to size. See, it's like when you got born again. There's some things you didn't understand about that, but then one day you came to understand that when you got born again, you became a new creation. You, you, your name was written down in heaven. You became a child of God. You come to understand that the Spirit of God took up some residency in you. You, you begin to understand some things that, that you didn't know before, and it was just like that grabbed the hold to you, and it wouldn't let go, and Satan come around and said, you ain't got nothing, you didn't get saved. You look up at him and say, yes, I did, because I did what God's Word said. I believed in my heart, and I confessed with my mouth. Now, Satan, you going, I am saved. I am a child of God. Then you kept studying, you got a hold to Romans 8.1 that said there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Satan come around, he starts beating you down about the things you did before you got saved. You've never heard that, have you, J.J.? Never has bothered you about things you did before you got saved. 
Bless him, Lord. <laughs> We're going to start calling him Saint JJ. <laughs> Saint JJ. But he comes, and he, and he starts there. But you get a hold of Romans 8, 1, because you've looked at it, and you say, hey, man, I like that. It says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. No condemnation. And Satan's trying to throw condemnation on you because of things that happen before you got right with God are things that you have got right with God since then, things that you did and repented of. And he throws condemnation on you. And he keeps doing that and working at it, working at it. And you, you get up and you say, No, Satan. You grab that sword in your hand. And you say, No, Satan. There's no condemnation in me because I'm a child of God. Let him know. See, that's what Jesus did in the wilderness. Jesus took up the sword. And Satan come at him and said, If you be the Son of God, command these stones that they become bread. And, and the Word of God rose up in Jesus and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word. Every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is what we're to live by, move by, breathe by, sleep by, eat by, talk by, work by. Is every word that proceeds from the mouth of Almighty God. That's, that's where we're to go to. And... And so if we'll begin to take that and meditate in it, then God will give us wisdom and give us understanding in the things that we need to do. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, gives us things that we have to do. Folks, you're not going to lay around under apple tree and get the Word of God in you. You're not going to get to understand the Word of God laying around under an apple tree. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to get those rocks up and plow up your fallow ground so you begin to have root, so that the Word of God begins to have root in you. And this takes some time and some effort. Now, I've not found any other Scripture that, that exemplifies this like this does here in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 1. My son, or my children, if thou wilt receive my words... Now, listen to what he says. Follow this progression. If thou wilt receive my word... And hide my commandments. That word hide there is better translated hoard up. Get an overwhelming supply. Hide my commandments with thee so that thou incline thine ear, listen, pay attention, and apply thy heart to understanding. This is what we're talking about. Putting forth effort. Studying. Doing your homework. I don't like homework. didn't like it when I was in school. I didn't either. But you know what? You get a grade for homework, don't you, Peyton? Where's he at? You get a grade for homework, don't you, Peyton? And if you don't do homework, you don't get a grade, do you? That's just a general rule, isn't it? Y'all know that, don't you, Christian? You got to have it. Got to have that homework. Getting that right, Hallie. Got to have that homework. You even got to have it in homeschooling, hadn't you, Christian? Got to have it. How about homework? Homework. That's what he's talking about, applying yourself, doing some extra study, understanding things and getting faith in your life before situations happen. You know that's the way they train military people? Train pilots that way. They get pilots and simulators and put them through all kinds of scenarios of things that could happen so that whenever this happens, they, they automatically know what to do because they've, they've been through this scenario time and time again. That's called pre-faith. That's, that's called building your faith before and, and having your weapon in hand before the battle takes place. One problem we have is we wait till the battle starts before we try to get a hold of a weapon. Then we get whooped. 
right? So, so we want to build our faith. Now listen to what he said. Apply thine heart to understand. Do all this extra. Study, 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 study. You say, preacher, if I do all that much study, I don't have time to watch a football game. Okay, that's fine. But what you're going to do the next time situation comes up, you're going to, you're going to go in there and say, go Falcons? Or go Cowboys? If you do, you're losing because they lost. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You can't, you can't go in there and fight the devil and say, roll tide. Or war eagle. He'll laugh at both of them. Watching the ball games is okay. But folks, I'm telling you, if I got a choice between equipping myself and building my faith and watching the other things that goes on in this life, I want to choose to equip myself and build my faith above these other things. Don't you? Apply my heart to understanding. Yea, if thou Christ after it. That means you're getting intent. You're getting earnest about this thing. Calling out to God. God, help me understand this. And I'm going to show you something about that in a minute. Jesus, I'm looking to you to help me understand this and know this. Lift this up thy voice for understanding. Calling on God, praying over the Scripture. Folks, there's been times in my early ministry, and I still do it. But back in my early ministry, you know how I learned? I didn't get to go to school back in those days, back in that early ministry. And I'd read, and I'd study, and I'd pray. I'd pray, oh God, I've got to have understanding of this. God, I've got to know what this means. I've got to know how this applies. And I'd call on Him and call on Him and call on Him and, 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 and lift my voice and ask God for understanding. And then He said, if thou will seek her as silver, you know, if we knew there's silver buried in that field right out there, or this one right over here because that belongs to somebody else, but right over here, if we knew there's silver buried in that parking lot, we wouldn't stop until we got it all dig, digged up, would we? Thank you, Bobby. Until <laughs> we got it all digged up. Right? Seekest her as silver and search for her as hid treasure. Then, I always like the then. Whenever God gives us something like this, I like the then. Then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. That means applying yourself. Oh, we have the Holy Spirit today to teach us. You know, I grew up in a generation of preachers that said you don't have to study to preach. Just get up in the pulpit and God will give you what to say. Well, that sounded pretty good to me. You know, I'd just go through the week, do what I wanted to, get up in the pulpit, but you know, I found out that didn't work that way. I found out that when I'd get in the pulpit, I had very little to say. You know why? Because I had very little in me. Now, there's times that God was good to me, and as I was learning, but as I applied myself to learn, applied myself to learn, God, it would get in me, and when I'd get in the pulpit to preach, just like today, God would bring it out of me. You know how many times I've preached this message this week, folks? Preached it to me. But God would bring it out of me. And, and so that, that, that's what He wants us to understand, that if you're going to have it here, you've got to get it from here into here, through here, and down to here, so that it is in here. Now, if you don't, you'll fall away. And you won't, and you won't go on with the Lord like you ought to. John 16, 13. 
Well, let me, let me before I go there. John 8, 31. John 8, 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But I want you to notice something. He said, if you continue, continue. That means you're hearing something today. Some of you, some of you receiving this with, with a measure of joy. Hey, man, you know, that sounds good. This sound, I, I'm seeing a way out. I can see something I can do. All right, so what you've got to do, you've got to continue Monday in the Word. You've got to continue Tuesday in the Word. You've got to continue Wednesday in the Word. You've got to continue Thursday in the Word and Friday in the Word. And I'm not talking about just getting up and say, well, I'm going to live for the Lord today. And that's good. You've got to do that. But you know, continuing in the Word will make that a whole lot simpler and a whole lot easier. You know why we fail living for the Lord so many times? You know why we fail working for the Lord so many times like Brother Gary was talking about? You know why You know why our potential does not become kinetic? It's because we're not allowing the Word of God to give us that push we need to get it out and get going. He said, but if you, you, if you continue my Word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. The truth. And the truth shall make you free. Make you free. That, that's talking about a change or something. That's talking about being different than I was before. If there's something binding me down, the truth of the Word of God will change me from that. It will make me something different. I was bound, but He's made me free. He didn't just set me free. He made me free. He made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and therefore is all the freedom that I need. He said, well, I just don't understand. All right, John 16 and 13. John 16, 13 tells us something about that. How be it when He, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. He will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit. So, you see, it's important not only that we're in the Word and studying the Word, but that we get hooked up with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will help us understand. He will help us see things. He'll help us know things. Oh, but preacher, there's things that God has for Himself and He's prepared it for Him and we'll just never know it. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, and we hear this a whole lot. All of us hear it. I mean, if you've been in church in your life, you've heard this. And people get to talking about heaven. And this is true. Now, I, honest, now no, I'm not trying to say this is not so, and their scenario of this wasn't so. But I want you to understand something. When it comes to talking about heaven, I have not seen nor ever heard neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. There's another thing that you think about too. I hath not seen nor ever heard, neither has it entered into the heart of them that God had prepared for them that don't love Him. <laughs> I mean, just as we cannot really understand and comprehend all of heaven, folks, you can't understand and comprehend all of hell is because as beautiful and wonderful and marvelous and great as heaven is, hell's going to be just exactly the opposite. And the only thing that hell and heaven's going to have in common is eternity. That's it. Eternity. Now, now, but let's go on with this. 
But God, and now let's, let's take this from heaven and bring it back to this life. Because people look at the Bible and say, oh, there's just some things in here that God don't intend for us to ever understand. No, no. The Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord. And those things have not been written. But all that has been written, all that has been written is for our understanding. Now, I believe, I may not know every little detail. I've said this a lot of times, and I'm firmly convinced of it, that before I leave this earth, I'll know everything from that book that I need to know. I may not know everything there, but I'll know everything I need to know. I won't know everything J.J. needs to know. I won't know everything Gary needs to know. They've got to do that themselves. But I'll know everything I need to know. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord, as I've hooked up with Him, will reveal them unto me. He'll help me know. Let's go on with this Scripture and look at, look at where this goes from here. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the, save the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit knows all about God, knows everything of God, knows God's will, God's design, God's plan, God's care. And He knows everything about the Word of God that God has had written down and given to us. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, intellectualism, world education, philosophy, but the spirit which is of God. Why? That we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. That we can know these things, folks. God's not hiding it from us. And people think, well, if i got to seek and all of this kind of stuff, then God's hiding it. No, God is teaching us and helping us understand. The moment that you start seeking and applying yourself to Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, then, folks, I'm going to promise you that you're going to begin to see some understanding. You're going to begin to receive insight. And if you do that, as you look to God, it's going to be like fuel in a gas tank. The more, the more you put in there and the further you push that accelerator down on that uh, motor, the faster that motor is going to run. And as you'll look at, look at it that way, then you'll begin to realize that. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. we got things that are freely given to us that we're trying to pay for. Things freely given to us that we're just trying to work for, ignore, or, or say, well, I don't guess I'll ever have that. This term freely given to us is used not only here, but it's used in Romans 8. It's used in other places too. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? But here he said that freely given us which things also we speak, not in the wisdom which, the, which man's wisdom, words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things to spiritual, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The things that, that I'm talking about here this morning, folks, if Jesus is not Lord of your life, and if you're not following after a spiritual mind, then they're just going to sound like words coming out. Foolishness, that ain't going to work, that don't work, and then just, well, forget it and go on from there. But if you're hooking up with the Spirit of God, if you're looking to Him, then these things are charge your spirit up. 
say, hey, I can show you that. I can help you understand that. And when you begin to see it and understand it and live in it, you're going to be moving from faith to faith. From faith to faith. And then you'll move from that faith to another level of faith. You'll move from that faith to another level of faith. Why? Because the Spirit of God is teaching you and showing you as you apply yourself to the Word of God. And you won't be shallow-rooted and get mad and aggravated because it didn't work in two days. That's like somebody... So I believe Mark eleven twenty three says you can speak to the mountain and the mountain go. I believe that. I've seen that happen. But I've had folks say, oh, I've tried that. I've tried that for two weeks and I never saw gravel even flick. Well, and, and I know we're speaking spiritually here and about things. That we're not talking about Lake Hun Mountain. You can't get rid of Lake Hun. I say that. That sounds like I'm saying something's impossible, can't it? We may get rid of the mountain, but Lake Hunter will still be there. <laughs> Lake Hunter Tech will still be open, won't it? <laughs> anyway, anyway. But, but we, we give up so easy because we get some kind of physical problem and we look at it as a mountain and we talk to it a few times and nothing happens, so then we just give up with it and go on and try to do something else and spend all of our money and grumble about the insurance not being good and spend all our money on doctors and this doctor don't know anything and that doctor don't know anything and, and, and you know, I tried what this doctor said. Let me tell you something. If you hook up with a doctor and the doctor tells you to do something, you better do it. You're paying money to do that. Don't you understand? And if you're not going to do what he said, stay at home, keep your money and get in the Word of God. If you're not going to do what the doctor said, then you need to do what somebody said so we get in the Word of God and do what the Word of God says. And we do it till we come to the point like Bartimaeus and when Jesus called him, he said, what you want me to do for you? And, Jesus, and Bartimaeus said to Jesus, I want you to heal me that I might see. And Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Be it unto you. So as we attend to His Word, as we incline our ear to His saying, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, as we meditate on these things, as we look into these things and not let them depart from us, but look into it day and night, then, folks, it says that we'll have life and, and good health because it said that His Word would be medicine to our health. Take it three times a day like we do other medicine. Take, you know, I remember one time that my mother's taking 17 pills one time twice a day. Yeah. And, but that's what the doctor had convinced her she had to have was that. Now, folks, if we would just be as... And you didn't forget them either. We stayed with her for, for about nine months when she got down in, in bed. We stayed... You didn't forget it. She remembered those pills. Why can't we be that same way about the Word of God? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll look at that later. I'll study it later. I'll do that tomorrow. I'm tired tonight. I'm not going to do... I'm not going to get in the Word tonight. I'm not going to... I'm not going to go there tonight. I, I think I'll put off praying until tomorrow because I just don't feel like it. I'm so sick and hurting and tired and run down and, and crying and heartbroken and, and just everything. It just seems like the world's just come to an end for me. I've been there. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and listen, I wouldn't, <laughs> Teddy Bear, I, I wouldn't tell you for an instant that I don't have problems. I do. I appreciate the doctor giving me the report that he did, but he don't get up with me every morning. Right? He don't go to bed with me every night. He don't, he, don't, he don't sleep there with me. He don't walk with me. 
He don't feel the same things that I do. And, and I have to, I, and you, know, you know how I make it? Spotlight. <laughs> you, know, you know how I make it? With what I know about the Word of God, folks. We can't, you can't give up. You say, well, look at you, Pastor. You had to have surgery. Yes, but I'm going to tell you something. I had it in faith. Well, let's go to the doctor. If you need to, go to the doctor. Get that prescription. Take that medicine if you need to. But do it in faith. Every time you take one of them, say, I take this in the name of Jesus, not in the name of doctor so-and-so, so that when somebody comes on, boy, you look like you're doing good. What would you do? You'll just tell them, hey, Jesus did it, instead of saying, well, I went to the doctor so-and-so, and he gave it. You ought to go try him out. Hey, you ought to try out Dr. Jesus. Amen. You ought to try him out for your sickness. You ought to try him out for your mental problems. You ought to try him out for your, for your pain. He, Dr. Jesus will do the job. But you're going to have to do what he says. You're going to have to be obedient to him. Now, because there's foolishness on him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yea, he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the bind of Christ? of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But get a hold of this last phrase. But we have the mind of Christ. You do. You've got the mind of Christ, folks. The mind of Christ. You've got the mind of Christ. Think about that. When he made you a new creation, he gave you his mind. He wants you to use it. He wants you to develop. He wants you to walk in it. He wants you to begin to think like He thinks and talk like He talks. He wants you to do that. People don't want to give the Word time to work. Because I tell you, the Word of God's going to work. Isaiah 55, verse 10. Isaiah 55, verse 10 says, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. You hear that? That's a good, that's a good verse to give by. Seed to sow, bread to eat. Seed to sow, bread to eat. So shall my word be. Now here's what God says about His word. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, unproductive, not doing anything, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sin. The Word. God has sent His Word. He sent, he sent the written Word. He sent the Old Testament. And then He sent Jesus, the living Word, that came and brought us the spoken Word and the New Testament. So we have the Old Testament, the New Testament, with Jesus right in the middle, the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then He spoke the Word. He said, now take these words, speak the Word, preach the Word, live in the Word, have the Word, constantly be there because My Word will work. My Word will work. But we can't give up on it. On down in Mark, he talks about a man that said he goes out and he sows a seed. 
He sows the seed. And he goes to bed, rises in the morning, go to bed at night, rises in the morning, go to bed at night. And then that seed shoots forth a little shoot, and then a stalk, and then an ear, and the full grain in the ear. And and that's what he said about the man. He don't know how it does it. He just goes to bed and gets up. Goes to bed and gets up. He don't go out there with a hoe to dig the seed to see if the seed's doing any good. He just knows that when he plants that seed, it's going to come up. And so as we plant the seed of the Word of God, as we get our hearts prepared, then folks, we're able to see the Word of God work. And there may be things that we don't understand and things that we don't comprehend, but if we'll apply ourselves to understanding the things of God, we'll allow that seed time to work. We'll allow the Word time to work. We'll allow our faith time to grow and to work and produce the things that we need in this life. Faith, the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen, folks, is the only way that you and I are going to live and make it in these days and be successful. I mean, you know, I know that things have changed and there's an upbeat in our nation for some folks and a downbeat for others. Of course, they're beating their own drum down themselves. Can I just one minute be political? Just one minute. Every woman in America that believes in God ought to let their voice be heard of that pile of junk that went on in Washington yesterday. And especially the women of this American, a nation of America needs to rise up and say, listen, Madonna and Lady Gaga are not my mouth. They're not my voice. That woman ought to be arrested. On her own words, she cursed the president. And, and any, anybody else that would have done that over the last eight years would have ended up in prison. Not only that, but she even hinted to blowing up the White House. That's treason. And she needs to be arrested. She said she was ashamed of America. And she don't realize that most of America is ashamed of her. But women need to stand up. Let me tell you something. Women, you're precious in the sight of God. And you're precious in the sight of God's people. And you're going to be exalted as you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Not take up some placard and, and walk to defy every kind of principality and power and government there is and, and dignitaries. Anyway, so I told you a minute. Got to fight the good fight of faith. First Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, for unto thou art also called, and hast professed the good profession or confession before many witnesses. Fight that fight. Stand strong upon it. Get your pick and your shovel out. Start getting those rocks out of the way. If it's if this is you, then start getting those rocks out of the way. Plow up your fallow ground. Get that ground prepared and ready because, folks, when you apply yourself to understand the Word of God and you don't give up and you let that thing take root, you're going to come to the point to where you produce some 100, some 60, and some 30 fold according to God's Word. Face to face. Face to face. The just shall live by faith. Now, if your faith is not where you feel like it needs to be, let me say this to you in closing. I can't pray you into faith. 
I can't pray. All of us can get together and lay all our hands on you till you ain't till your head looks like Brother Ron. You ain't got a hair left. We could do that. We could anoint you with all until your cup runs over. And we're not going to be able to pray faith into you one bit. I've had people come and say, I want you to pray that my faith will increase. And I say to them, well, get in the Bible. Get in the Word of God. Well, I can't pray you to have bigger faith. I can pray with you and encourage you that you begin to do the things you need to to see faith come about in your life. And I will. I'm glad to do that and do that all the time. Like I said, I pray all the time that the eyes of your understanding be open, that you may be able to understand and comprehend these things. And I look around, and I see some folks taking a hocus and things. I see a little gleam, a little spark jump up in people's eyes every now and then when we're talking about some of these things. But here's the thing about it. You know where you stand in faith today. If your faith is no bigger as a result of your own inaction, are your own actions that you've done against God, then the first place you need to start to increase your faith is through a time of confession and repentance before Almighty God. Once you do that, then you get in the Word and you begin to move in that Word, listen to that Word, walk in that Word. Let your faith get increased, increased, increased. You know, some of the situations that's going on with people, you need to be listening to the Word of God constantly. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, listening to it, listening to preaching, listening to worship, listening to the Word of God. Because if you're not listening to the Word of God, you're listening to those reports that's coming in of all the sadness and badness and doom and gloom. And you'll still hear those anyway. But when you are in the Word of God, as these reports come, you'll be able to handle them. And you'll stand strong and stand firm. Y'all stand with me.